Because if she's visited it... by all the ghosts of the men she's dated, I think that we've got a black widow situation. Absolutely. It seems like she's a serial killer. Hello, welcome to Guides to the Unknown. I'm Kristen. And I'm her little brother, William. And we are kicking off the merry month of December by talking about A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens and its many film adaptations. Yeah, probably the Christmas story to the some extent. The premier Christmas story. It sort of is. Yeah, I guess it, it is. It all goes back to this, it feels. Yeah. In some way, shape, or form. Obviously, there are like, you know, really iconic Christmas movies. And mm-hmm. every year around now, people like to debate is Die Hard a Christmas movie. And right. Krampus is like the hot new mm-hmm. uh, uh, trend in the last few years. That's yeah. become a new Christmas classic. Yeah, I bought myself a Krampus sweatshirt. From our friend Liz Sowers, Ghost in the Birds cool. merch shop. Right on. Yep. Sweet. I'm excited. Uh, but uh, Christmas Carol is is sort of the one. Charles Dickens. Yeah. Countless adaptations. Right. But they all amount to Scrooge is a, a creaky old cantankerous mm-hmm. coot. Yeah. <laughs> and he's going to be visited by three ghosts. Right. Although just like the Trinity Killer, there's a secret fourth ghost. <laughs> That's true. It's Jacob Marley, which is my like favorite ghost right now. For people who yeah. are watching the the video version, I've been so enmeshed in a Christmas Carol. Yeah, I have become obsessed with Jacob Marley specifically. Really, What's he going is on? so scary. Yeah, and under discussed when it comes. I know, to a Christmas Carol. because he's, he's the best ghost. He, I actually, I also agree that he's the best ghost, and he, I think he's under discussed because he's just the intro to the other ghosts. He yes. just kind of comes in and explains and sets the scene and goes away but lest we forget the door knocker turns into jacob marley yes like there's a whole strange thing going on and it's even stranger when you read the novella really yes did, so did you read the the actual thing i did you did you read a christmas carol yeah i did how long would it's you not say, that long i know how long would you say it took you though oh, that's a good question i bet it took about an hour that's it <clears throat> I think so. That's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Not, not too, too long. Yeah. Um. And so, so I'm going to be covering the original story, and then Will is going to talk about the movies. Yep. So I think we'll kick it off with me. Yes, please. Um. You know, I I figured like, oh, I'll read this just so I have the context of it because I've never read it before, and then I will, I don't know, let the research take me where it wants me to go. Yes. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I figured I'd figure it out. Sure. And there was enough weird stuff in the novella for us to discuss and like i didn't know is in there so i can assume that our listeners don't know it's in there so i decided to just pull quotes and it's um copyright free so (laughs) no big it's the way to be (laughs) that's why there are so many adaptations maybe right like yes and that's the thing like and i found it on the weirdest website there are obviously other websites but what is it i have it at the bottom your notes are long i know um it was from stormfacts.com Storm facts. Yeah. No, facts. F-A-X. Stormfacts.com. Yep. Weird. It was very strange. I think maybe because there are so many adaptations, like even if you don't celebrate Christmas, you probably know this story. Mm-hmm. It's just so Well, the movies are really popular. Unavoidable. I think it's unavoidable because of the movies. True, but also Christmas is unavoidable. Like, you can't... Definitely. They don't let you ignore Christmas if you don't celebrate it, right? For sure. But I would say just just as pervasive and, like, uh, insidious, although it's, like, fine, but just, like, everywhere that Christmas is, so is a Christmas carol. Yeah. So there's not really a reason to go back to the novella, Mm -hmm. because you're probably, to some extent, so 
familiar with it, what could the novella offer? Or you almost That's forget that I it's thought. even a book. Yeah. I'm excited. I've never read it. It. I mean, it was okay. I actually, I don't love A Christmas Carol, to be totally honest. No? No. I love the Muppet Christmas of Carol. Of course, yeah. That's the, uh, this is like, this has also been a thing for a while where people are like, every year there's some sort of an article where they're like, uh, what is the best Christmas Carol and why is it the Muppet version? Where it's like, it's like, like, we need to talk about how the Muppet Christmas Carol is the best version. It's like, we've all agreed. We all agree. There's no, there's, it's not even up for debate. No. But there's this like, sort of like smug nerd attitude of like, okay, um, no. okay, let's set the record straight. The Muppet version is the best version. And it's like, I'm sick of having this conversation. I know. We do it every year. It's an it absolute is the best. given. It's fantastic fantastic but i'm sick of talking about it It absolutely is i would also like to pose for our listeners who like christmas movies and stuff i would really recommend checking out a muppet family christmas i believe that 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 is streaming somewhere it's on disney plus okay yeah that would make sense um it is fantastic they go to fozzie's mother's house for the holidays um it's basically like the avengers jim henson stuff i was about to say the exact same thing it is muppets Endgame, right because it's, you know, the Mups, it's, um, you know, Sesame Street characters, it's the Fraggles, and it's so cute and funny and good. It's fantastic. It's wonderful. Um, okay, so here's the deal with the, with the Christmas Carol. So everybody knows the deal, the overview of the story, as you already said. And I found this preface that actually wasn't on the Storm Facts document, but I found it other places um, that Charles Dickens wrote. It says, I've endeavored in this ghostly little book to raise the ghost of an idea which shall not put my readers out of humor with themselves, with each other, with the season, or with me. May it haunt their houses pleasantly and no one wish to lay it. Their faithful friend and servant, C.D. December 1843. That's pretty cool. So already kicking off the ghost language and haunt and all of it yeah um also something that's kind of like weird and interesting about this book is that it's divided into staves which is a music thing so staves are like the five lines you you see on sheet music that you put notes on and it's not a general literary term it's just something that he kind of did and with when you pair that with the very kind of like casual talkative tone of the narrator of a christmas carol which is in the book right and not just you know like rizzo saying it or whatever gonzo um, thank you gonzo oh, plays me, charles me. dickens in a muppet christmas carol i think you need to watch it again look don't come for me <laughs> um it wasn't common uh so people think that it suggests that it's meant to be read aloud to a group and enjoyed communally like music Oh, that's yeah. interesting, too. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Uh, so let's just jump into it. So these are the scary parts of it. This is the part with the knocker. So this is when Scrooge goes up to his house and the knocker turns in to Jacob Marley. Quote, Scrooge, having his key in the lock of the door, saw in the knocker without its undergoing any intermediate process of change, not a marker, but Marley's face. Marley's face. It was not in impenetrable shadow as the other objects in the yard were, but had a dismal light about it, like a bad lobster in a dark cellar. It was not angry or ferocious, but looked at Scrooge as Marley used to look, with ghostly spectacles turned up on its ghostly forehead. 
The hair was curiously stirred as if by breath or hot air, and though the eyes were wide open, they were perfectly motionless. That and its livid color made it horrible, but its horrors seemed to be in spite of the face and beyond its control rather than a part or its own expression. As Scrooge looked fixedly at this phenomenon, it was a knocker again. To say that he was not startled or that his blood was not conscious of a terrible sensation to which it had been a stranger from infancy would be untrue. But he put his hand upon the key he had relinquished, turned it sturdily, walked in, and lighted his candle. He did pause with a moment's irresolution before he shut the door, and he did look cautiously behind it first, as if he half expected to be terrified with the sight of Marley's pigtail sticking out into the hall. But there was nothing on the back of the door except the screws and nuts that held the knocker on, so he said, poo-poo, and closed it with a bang. Whoa. I pretty much left that last paragraph so I could say poo-poo. Of course you did. Oh, I, which I completely understand. It's yes. That's what, what I usually say. Yeah. When I think I saw poo, something, but I'm poo. not so sure, I go, poo-poo. Yeah. <laughs> Shut the door. I, um I was about to ask you. Mm-hmm. you would, before you read that passage, you were like, this, is, this maybe was written so that somebody would read it to a group. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I bet you would never go. If I were to say, like, everyone come over, I'm going to read a Christmas carol to everybody. <laughs> come of course i would come and i and i really i'm like everybody be quiet now i'm gonna start reading but the fact <laughs> that would like, never happen that's so weird but that's what you're doing now and i yeah, love it i know it's very very i loved that i loved listening to you read that <laughs> it's hard to read as i was taking I these uh things it's just written in a very flowery way yeah like languages evolved <laughs> right but but also like <clears throat> so like yeah I, I can picture everything that you just said because i'm super familiar with a christmas carol yeah. but it's interesting to hear it that way with like all of the like omniscient narratorness of it all and all the like flourishy details like it, his hair looks windblown you know whatever his spectacles are on the top of his head right his face was just sort of like ghastly and vacant mm-hmm. and i love the idea that scrooge was sort of just like i think i saw something i know what i saw yeah but i'm almost it's so inexplicable <laughs> right i don't i can't even focus on it right which is like i we did a ghost hunt recently and like when we supposedly experienced stuff i sort of was like i don't know but did we really mm-hmm. it, right it is that i related to that because it is so sort of like hard to be like well what i just saw the dead face of my partner what am i supposed to do about that <laughs> yeah like how do just, i reconcile that with the world as i know it to be you just go into the house yeah and shut the door totally you don't you can't process it no, I, how do you deal with it? Love it. So this is what happens when Marley shows up later that night. Um, you know, his ghost comes in. So Scrooge, Scrooge seems, sees the same face, the very same. Marley and his pigtail. I think that's just what they called the ponytail back then. You know what I mean? Like one, like colonial ponytail low. Yeah, it's not, uh, it's not the Wednesday Adams right, pigtails. Right. <laughs> he doesn't look like Jenna Ortega. Right. Uh, usual waistcoat, tights and boots, the tassels on the ladder bristling like his pigtail and his coat skirts and the hair upon his head. The chain he drew was clasped, clasped about his middle. It was long and wound about him like a tail, and it was made, for Scrooge observed it closely, of cash boxes, keys, padlocks, ledgers, deeds, and heavy purses wrought in steel. His body was transparent so that Scrooge, observing him and looking through his waistcoat, could see the two buttons on his coat behind. Scrooge had often heard it said that Marley had no bowels, but he had never believed it until now. What? 
I think that that must mean he was so uptight that he, like, couldn't take a shit. Is that what that means? I think so. I bet that guy doesn't have any bowels. I think so. Like, a, t- like a tight ass. I bet he doesn't even take a dump. <laughs> right. I think that is what it is. That's weird. <laughs> it, no, it absolutely <laughs> it's is. weird slang. Now, this is something I had no idea happens in this book. Basically, Marley shows Scrooge a world of ghosts. Okay. So this happens. The You know, he tells him the whole deal. The bell tolls one, whatever. Uh, the apparition walked backward from him, him, and at every step it took, the window raised itself a little, so that when the specter reached it, it was wide open. It beckoned Scrooge to approach, which he did. When they were within two paces of each other, Marley's ghost held up its hand, warning him to come no nearer. Scrooge stopped. Not so much in obedience as in surprise and fear, for on the raising of the hand, he became sensible of confused noises in the air, incoherent sounds of lamentation and regret, wailings inexpressibly sorrowful, sorrowful and self-accusatory. The specter, after listening for a moment, joined in the mournful dirge and floated out upon the bleak, dark night. Ooh. Scrooge followed to the window, desperate in his curiosity. He looked out. The air was filled with phantoms, wandering hither and thither in restless haste and moaning as they went. Every one of them wore chains like Marley's ghost. Some few, they might be guilty governments, were linked together. None were free. Many had personally known Scrooge in their lives. He had been quite familiar with one old ghost in a white waistcoat with a monstrous iron safe attached to its ankle, who cried piteously at being unable to assist a wretched woman with an infant, whom it saw below upon a doorstep. Wait, say that again? What do you do to the woman with the infant? Nothing. He he cried at not being able to assist a wretched woman with an oh, okay. infant. Um, wretched woman could just mean like a poor person yeah, or right. something. Uh, the misery with them all was clearly that they sought to interfere for good in human matters and had lost the power forever whether these creatures faded into mist or mist enshrouded them he could not tell but they and their spirit voices faded together and the night became as it had been when he walked home Mm. Mm. oh my so floating (laughs) is that george takei (laughs) floating on the voices of like lamentation Mm -hmm. did he open the lament configuration Maybe the lament configuration leads to voices of lamentation. It could be. Yeah. I'm not sure if it does. That's the only thing that makes sense. But also the idea that Marley's ghost sort of like floats up on those voices is like when the when Muppet Waldorf and Statler sing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. While moaning and stuff in the Muppet version. Right, right. It's, I, a, it's one-to-one. It totally is. Uh, okay, here's something that's not one-to-one. When the ghost of Christmas past shows up. So the ghost of Christmas past in the Muppet movie is that weird floaty child thing. Yes. It's it's like a baby. Mm-hmm. Like a baby Muppet. So this is going to start out sounding like it's like that, but it very soon is not. So this is the description. It was a strange figure like a child, yet not so like a child as like an old man viewed through some supernatural medium, which gave him the appearance of having receded from view and being diminished to a child's proportions. Its hair, which hung about its neck and down its back, was white as as if with age, and yet the face had not a wrinkle in it, and the tenderest bloom was on the skin." The arms were very long and muscular, the hands the same, as if its holds were of uncommon strength. Its legs and feet, most delicately formed, were, like those upper members, bare. 
It wore a tunic of purest white, and round its waist was, bo was bound a lustrous belt, the sheen of which was beautiful. It held a branch of fresh green holly in its hand, and in singular contradiction of that wintry emblem, had its dress trimmed with summer flowers. But the strangest thing about it was that from the crown of its head there sprung a bright, clear jet of light, by which all this was visible, and which was doubtless the occasion of its using, in its duller moments, a great extinguisher for a cap, which it now held under its arm. Okay. Uh, not yet. Even this, though, when Scrooge looked at it with increasing steadiness, was not its strangest quality. For as its belt sparkled and glittered now in one part and now in another, in what was light one instant at another time was dark, so the figure itself fluctuated in its distinctness, being now a thing with one arm, now with one leg, now Jeez. with twenty legs, now a pair of legs without a head, now a head without a body, of which dissolving parts no outline would be visible in the dense gloom wherein they melted away. And in the very wonder of this, it would be itself again, distinct and clear as ever. I mean, I, I can barely picture anything. I know. all The only thing that I can compare it to in the Muppet world is that it's very, like, undulating. It sort of looks like it's underwater. Yeah. So in that way, its shape is always changing. But it's certainly never like, oh, it's got 20 legs and nothing else and now a head and only an arm or whatever. Yeah. In what some a of the, freak show. In, in most of the adaptations that I saw, this was just either, like, an older woman or an older man. Mm -hmm. But the, the thing you mentioned is, like, it's, like, got a candle-esque quality to it like its head gives yeah. light or a cap above its head gives light and it brings a candle snuffer with it well it is a cat i know it is a cap which i know because at one point later on the way that the way that this thing departs yeah. rather than just going away is that scrooge freaks out and pulls the cap over its head to extinguish the light and covers its entire body magically with the cap and then the whole thing just disappears i saw that in one of the movies and i was like what <laughs> is this like i i couldn't under so like a candle yeah. snuffer mm -hmm. for people who don't know it's literally like a like a metal thimble kind i delight thing. in using a candle snuffer do you i love it why it's fun what makes it, it feels a little old-timey you don't you don't do the thing where you like lick your thumb and, and index i sometimes and do i sometimes do touch the wick i sometimes do it's a badass move i know it it's is It's like what the crow would do or maybe he would just like. It is what the crow would do. Wail on his guitar, and the <laughs> and the force of the wailing would blow just a little puff of air to knock the candle. Yeah, out. farts out a little sound and yeah. blows out a candle. <laughs> but so a candle snuffer is a big metal thing. Yeah, I, I saw one of the movies. I, I watched things from like the 30s, the 50s, the 70s, the 80s. Like I watched so many just versions of these ghosts. What a nightmare! Did you enjoy yourself? No, not at all. Ugh. Not one bit. Do you do you not like a Christmas Carol either? I am. I, I like the Muppet one, right? And I think that um, I have this. I from focusing so much on Scrooge, I walked away with like a really weird comparative where it's like, and and I can't point to anybody in particular, but this notion of like rich old white man has exploited his <laughs> workers and abused his workers and everyone around him yes. for his entire goddamn life. Yeah. Now he's 80 and facing mortality. So he decides to buy back his reputation and conscience. Basically. I will fund railroads being built. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, isn't this a thing that they've said about, uh, I, I'm not trying to besmirch the Rockefellers. I don't know. But like, it's like that kind of thing. Like uh -huh. old money people. Right, right. And it's like, like, there, there are workplaces where, like, wildly unsafe and people would die there constantly. Right. But then in their, you know, 80s, they gave a bunch of money 
Mm-hmm. To sound like you can just sort of, and now you're known as a philanthropist or something. I like know that. it's a real crock. It's a crock. Yeah, and Scrooge is kind of that crock story. I'm of glad like, that somebody's benefiting from the crock, but morally for that person inside, right. it is a crock. It, it, but also, I want to believe that anybody can change, exactly. right? So, like, it is a redemption story. So it can be, like, pure, honest redemption. But also, I feel like I've heard plenty of stories of just, like, old rich people being like, and now I will make everybody suddenly love me. Yeah. Like, Bezos. Jeff Bezos has just recently done something like that. He, like, infused a ton of money into schools or or something like that. Like, Mm. great. But what's up with the warehouses where everyone works? I know. I know. When you're not, like, fixing the thing that's been fundamentally wrong and just doing something elsewhere. Do both. It's it like rings a little hollow. Like you might want to fix this. Yeah. Hopefully do both, but like fix this first. Fix it, Bezos. You know, make it right. But no, it makes him money. So why would you fix that? Sure. So uh, you know, I, I uh, about like the purpose of this story. I'm sort of like the older I get, I'm a little bit like icky. You know? Yeah. Um, a little disingenuous, maybe. It is disingenuous. It's just not very enjoyable to me. But it's a good excuse for people to talk about ghosts around Christmas. Sure, but can't we find a better way? No. no. I mean, I talk about ghosts all year, so I don't really care. I don't need it. You know what I mean? I love a ghost. So do I. Just love a ghost, Chrissy. But so anyway. There are others. What I was starting to say, some of these adaptations, the ghost of Christmas past showed up mm-hmm. holding like an enormous metal trumpet, basically. Yeah. And it looked like something out of Twin Peaks season three. Oh, really? Yeah. Where That's like, awesome. you know, uh, what's his name? Jeffrey's... David Bowie's character. In oh, Twin what the Peaks. hell is his name? Agent Jeffries. Yeah. Anyway, he eventually like reappears in season three, but he's inside a giant like teapot. Yeah. And it's like, you know, bizarre. <laughs> yeah. Metaphorical, visual. Surrealist. Surrealist stuff. Yeah. I was like, what is this? And then Scrooge <laughs> grabs it and jams it over the ghost and forces it to the ground. I was like, this is. This is some sick stuff. Why does he have to kill the ghost? Like, I know. Sn- literally snuff out the ghost. Yeah, that's exactly what It was kind of interesting, because I'm used to the Muppet version, where it's a terrifying... It's dude, freaky. Terif- she looks like a cake pop. It looks like when you try to poach an egg in water. Yes. She looks like when you try to poach an egg in water. Mm-hmm. And the white of the egg is just, like, floating in the water itself, because it, like, right. it's, like, all cracked and... Yeah. It's... it's Spooky as hell. The, the, the Muppet weird. one bears zero resemblance to what you just described. No, none at all. I was shocked. Zero. Okay, so here's what's going on with the Ghost of Christmas present. So okay. the description of just his straight up physicality when Scrooge meets him is honestly Muppet-esque. You know what I mean? He's like a big jolly guy. Okay. Um, also sporting Holly on his belt. I feel like the belts are really big in the clothing story, the sartorial story I that guess. Charles Dickens is telling. There's always mention of their belts. Um, but something weird happens right before he disappears that I think is worth mentioning. So back to quoting. Forgive me if I am not justified in what I ask, said Scrooge, looking intently at the spirit's robe. But I see something strange and not belonging to yourself protruding from your skirts. Is it a foot or a claw? It might be a claw for the flesh there is upon, for the flesh there is upon it, was the spirit was the spirit's sorrowful reply. What? Look here. All right, hang on. I'll give you sorrowful. It might be a claw for the flesh there is upon... For the flesh there is upon... I don't know how to say this. Like, can I say Yeah. Okay, the second paragraph. Second paragraph? It might be a claw for the flesh there is upon it, was the spirit's sorrowful reply. Look here. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's like There's what we're going to There's flesh look. on it, I guess. I don't know. 
From the folding of its robe, it brought two children, wretched, abject, frightful, hideous, miserable. They knelt down at its feet and clung upon the outside of its garment. Oh, man, look here. Look, look down here. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) He keeps calling a man like in the Muppet thing. Come in and know me better, man. Come in and know me better, man, uh, exclaimed the ghost. They were a boy and a girl. Yellow, I mean, (laughs) Dickens is going in on these kids. Yellow, meager, ragged, scowling, wolfish, but prostrate, prostrate too, in their humility. Where graceful youth should have filled their features out and touched them with its freshest tints, a stale and shriveled hand like that of age had pinched and twisted them and pulled them into shreds. Where angels might have sat enthroned, devils lurked and glared out menacing. What? No change, no degradation, no perversion of humanity in any grade through all the mysteries of wonderful creation has monsters half so horrible and dread. Scrooge started back appalled. Having them shown to him in this way, he tried to say they were fine children, but the words choked themselves rather than be parties to a lie of such enormous magnitude. Spirit, are they yours? Scrooge could say no more. They are man's, said the spirit, looking down upon them, and they cling to me, appealing from their fathers. The boy is ignorance. The girl is want. Beware them both in all of their degree, but most of all, beware this boy, for on his brow I see that written which is doom, unless their writing be erased. Deny it, cried the spirit, stretching out its hand toward the city. Slander those who tell it ye. Admit it for your facetious, no, factious purposes and make it worse and abide the end. Have they no refuge or resource, cried Scrooge? Are there no prisons, said the spirit, turning on him for the last Uh, time with his own words? Are there no workhouses? This is what Scrooge had said way earlier. Right. About the poor. Send them to prisons and workhouses. Yep, that's right. And his words are being turned back on him. That happens one other time. I can't remember what the words were, but one of the other ghosts did the same sort of thing where Scrooge is like, can't somebody help him? Oh, it was, uh, they want, he wanted to help somebody and... One of the ghosts was like, oh, or maybe they should die and decrease the surplus population. And Scrooge was like, ugh. Ooh, he got got. Yeah, Sick exactly. burn. <laughs> By the ghost of Christmas presents. Yeah. Uh, okay, so then the last stuff that I have is, of course, um, about the ghost of Christmas future. That yeah. really scary, like, Grim Reaper looking one. Um, and they refer to it at, at least once where I've written here. Maybe they do it repeatedly as the Phantom. All right. The phantom slowly, gravely, silently approached. When it came, Scrooge bent down upon his knee, for in the very air through which this spirit moved, it seemed to scatter gloom and mystery. Mm. It was shrouded in a deep black garment, which concealed its head, its face, its form, and left nothing of it visible save one outstretched hand. But for this, it would have been difficult to detach its figure from the night and separate it from the darkness by which it was surrounded." He felt that it was tall and stately when it came beside him, and that its mysterious presence filled him with a solemn dread. He knew no more, for the spirit neither spoke nor moved. "'Am I in the presence of the ghost of Christmas yet to come?' said Scrooge. The spirit answered not, but pointed downward with its hand. "'You are about to show me shadows of the things that have not happened, but will happen in the time before us. Is that so, spirit?' The upper portion of the garment was contracted for an instant in its folds as if the spirit had inclined its head. That was the only answer he received. Although well used to ghostly company by this time, Scrooge feared the silent shape so much that his legs trembled beneath him, and he found that he could hardly stand when he prepared to follow it. 
The spirit pauses a moment as observing his condition and giving him time to, con- to time to recover. But Scrooge was all the worse for this. It thrilled him with a vague, uncertain horror to know that behind the dusky shroud, there were ghostly eyes intently fixed upon him while he, though he stretched his own to the utmost, could see nothing but a spectral hand and one great heap of black. Wow. Yeah. So pretty freaky. A lot of the adaptations that I've seen then are like very Mm -hmm. accurate to that depiction i mean i would think first of all it's like a classic scary thing yeah scary black cloak basically like what a dementor is supposed to be right like it's just sort of you don't know what's in there Mm -hmm. folds of fabric hiding a face right the grim reaper or something right and also on a so it's classic and also on a practical level like somewhat easy to construct yeah yeah you can just build black fabric right whatever and you're good but like in the muppet version like one of the things that i find the eeriest about the muppet costume is that the cloak at the top Mm -hmm. where the face should be yeah no it looks awesome it is hollow yeah like you can see into if i pulled a hoodie up Mm -hmm. you can see the back of the hoodie there's just no head in there right so it's like it's it's very odd yes but also in the muppet version this thing is so overwhelmingly yeah, like foreboding and dangerous feeling. Mm-hmm. And it does nod at him. Yeah. At one point, it does have one hand outstretched. And it's like a muppety, long finger, yeah. creepy, totally. wobbly finger. Uh, it's, it's actually awesome. impressively spooky. Yes. No, it is. It's very eerie. Yeah. All right. So the last thing I have is the last thing that happens right before, you know, he wakes up and he's going to change his life and buy a turkey for the Cratchits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so... Scrooge says, spirit, he cried, tight clutching at its robe. Hear me. I am not the man I was. I will not be the man I must have been but for this intercourse. Why show me this if I am past all hope? For the first time, the hand appeared to shake. Good spirit, he pursued, as down upon the ground he fell before it. Your nature intercedes for me and pities me. Assure me that I yet may change these shadows you have shown me by an altered life. The kind hand trembled. I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all the year. I will live in the past, the present, and the future. The spirits of all three shall strive within me. I will not shut out the lessons that they teach. Oh, tell me I may sponge away the writing on this stone. In his agony, he caught the spectral hand. It sought to free itself, but he was strong in his entreaty and detained it. The spirit, stronger yet, repulsed him. Holding up his hands in a last prayer to have his fate I reversed. He saw an alteration in the phantom's hood and dress. It shrunk, collapsed, and dwindled down into a bedpost. Hmm. So it turns into his bedpost, and he's awake in his bed. Yeah. I, I, I don't think I've ever gotten from any adaptation that the ghost of Christmas future... Has a shake? ...is, is, is wobbling mm-hmm. as Scrooge is, like, upset. It's like losing its resolve. The future's not written. Right. 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 The future is whatever you do, you you make of it. So mm-hmm. make it a good one. So make it a good one. That that's that's really interesting. Yeah. What do you what do you uh, do you, in these adaptations? Do they like? I don't know. What what was your takeaway? Are they just like exactly what you sort of expected to some degree, or like? I don't know. What what did you get out of reading the book and everything? Oh, um, I mean, it was different than I expected it to be. There yeah. was a, there was a lot more weird stuff in it, you know, about just the descriptions of the ghosts. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It was it was a little bit freakier than I thought it would be. I I didn't go into it expecting to have like strange quotes to pull from it or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So did it make you? Did it spook you at all? No. 
there was nothing in it that was like uneasy feeling. No, no, definitely no delight, delight because I knew that we were doing the show, so I was like, "What is this?" Yeah, yeah. Uh, so really, just that. Hmm. But okay. you know, it was interesting. I'm glad that StormFacts.com had it up there. It's so it's a For classic reason. '90s website, like we oh, talk yeah. about. Like the background is not white or black. It's like a weird faded pattern of like letters or something it's like a little bit hard to read it was very weird excellent but i'm glad that i i clicked on it even better i know i uh even there scrooge is like i will live in the past present and the future i'll Mm -hmm. represent all three ghosts again yeah justice for jacob marley i know the forgotten fourth ghost of a christmas carol you're absolutely he kicks it all off and then everybody just moves on yeah well he didn't teach him the lessons so he would he wouldn't be really carrying jacob marley jacob marley is a cautionary tale for him so in that way he inspires him but these three ghosts kind of gave him you know perspective on his own life yeah, but that's why Jacob Marley is so awesome because he is like Scrooge is an interesting story because he can be redeemed by the end. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of into this guy who's been doomed to hell. Yeah, for with who like knows the, how long. the tools of his earthly destruction all around him. The book yes. says that was surprising. The book says that it's like ledgers and stuff that are all over him. It's all like banking supplies because he was a selfish dude. Right. Yeah. He's got like money boxes or i don't know these yeah terms. i know it's like old time stuff i guess right but um there's a oh. really creepy thing in one of the adaptations that i watched will's pulling up a, a picture from one of the adaptations we had seen this in black and white earlier but now we just pulled it up in color i don't care for that no it's it's really uncomfortable so yeah. like when jacob marley first walks into scrooge's room this is a 70s version where george c scott mm-hmm. is scrooge george c scott is the guy from the exorcist three he, I am as George C. Scott from Patton because Dad oh, had a okay. Patton uh, laser disc that I would go. see when I was going to try to find something else. Well, there you go. Either way, like classic sort of like hard ass. Yeah, he's perfect for Scrooge. Also, he spends the entirety of of Exorcist three screaming at people yeah. and stuff. It was kind of interesting. <laughs> but I, I don't know who plays Jacob Marley, but he looks like Iggy Pop. Yeah, he does look like Iggy Pop. Fred Armisen. Yeah, yeah, uh, he absolutely does. These are stolen jokes. We record live, and I saw people saying that. Oh, really? Mom said she thinks he looks like Fred Armisen. <laughs> no, I, I see both. I definitely see it. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. And I don't know. I don't remember who said that it looks like uh, Iggy Pop, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it was Cassie, I think. So, um, in the uh, this is something that like I recall from watching a Christmas Carol mm-hmm. and not really understanding it. Maybe because you just read it. Maybe you have more insight. I don't know. I feel like I just read from the Bible or something. I know. I know. <laughs> it's like but very hard to when he reconcile f- in the real world. When he first shows up, he's got a um, like a ribbon tied around his head, mm-hmm. like holding his jaw shut, basically. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I think they're basically just saying that, that he he's a ghost and he's kind of like falling apart. They did mention that he had oh, something okay. holding his head together. It wasn't any sort of like an ailment of the era. That's what I took it for, is like in I the afterlife, think so. he still is like suffering from this like reverse lock jaw. I don't know. His jaw hangs open. Uh, I don't think so. I actually cut a little bit of stuff when I was telling you about Marley's arrival. So let me just see if I missed anything like that. Marley is the ghost with the most. Nah. Okay. Yeah. Because in this in this version, he unties that ribbon and his oh, jaw. Oh, that's why he looks like that. His jaw thunks open, mm-hmm. and his tongue is like bulging out. Ooh. It is disgusting looking and unnerving in yeah. the extreme. It yeah. is so bizarre. 
Yikes. Um, I think I, I, I want to go ghost by ghost. I've, I've arranged all my notes like f- like a couple of different ways. Yeah. But I'm just now deciding in the moment that all I want to talk about is Jacob Marley. Okay. So let's Works take a quick uh, uh, yeah. break. And then I want to talk about Jacob Marley adaptations. Because again, I think he's like the unsung best So then it's ghost. adaptation by adaptation about Jacob Marley. What? You said ghost by ghost. And then you said you just want to talk about Jacob Marley. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, I want to go ghost by ghost. I want to focus on Jacob Marley. Okay, fine. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Yeah. Uh, But that's in a second. All right. Beautiful. Uh, Everybody, if you're enjoying this show that we've been doing to this point, Mm -hmm. if this is your first time listening, or if you've been here for a million years uh, with us week after week as we've covered spooky topics and hauntings, UFO stories, and and pop culture stories, uh, please consider spreading the word. We would greatly appreciate it if uh, you would write some tweets Facebook posts. Uh, I've loved seeing the Spotify wrapped. Yeah, I know. That have been going so out. Cool. And so people have been like showing where Guide to the Unknown is one of their top podcasts of the year. I love seeing that stuff. Uh, this show uh, lives and breathes and thrives off of support from listeners. Mm-hmm. So please consider sharing the show. Uh, get the word out there. We love to see it. It makes our day. And one of the best ways that you can support us is by going to patreon.com slash gttupod, where you can subscribe to us on a monthly basis. And we've got a bunch of tiers over there. You can get bonus shows for different tiers that you might support us at. Mm -hmm. The best one, of course, is our demon tier. It starts at $13 a month, and it gets you double the regular amount of Guide to the Unknown. You'll have the Friday show as usual, the show that we're doing right now, but you're also going to get access to the Netherworld Dispatch, an entirely bonus podcast. Um, It is so much fun. This past Monday, we played a video game Mm -hmm. based on the ghost hunting show Paranormal State. Right. It is very weird. It's bizarre, but but it was very fun. we loved it. It. Yeah. We loved it. And I've yeah. seen people say that they really enjoyed it as well. Yeah, for um, sure. So consider backing us on patreon.com slash pod. Get a ton more Guide to the Unknown, a, a, a podcast that most people on this planet don't have any access to. What an exclusive club. Right, truly. What a feather in your cap. I know. Yeah. And it's completely within your power to make it happen. You have the power. You do. what so we're trying to say. Go ahead and join us over there on Patreon. You'll also get access to our Discord, where other listeners of Guides to Unknown are chatting it up every single day, and it fully rules. So thank you so much to everybody who's already over on Patreon helping support us. Quick note on that Discord. If people are wary of, like, Twitter is, you know... Uh, becoming like sort of like a mess we've said this for a few weeks now but like the discord that we've got is such a great community of people who are into Mm -hmm. this show but it's not just being into the show it's people who all seem to like talking about the paranormal the supernatural uh or just culture joking around yeah or just talking about any number of other topics a lot of candle wrecks flying this morning you get access to the discord through the patreon Mm -hmm. you can join our patreon on our one dollar tier yeah and get into the discord yeah absolutely so i would highly advise for a buck you can be part of the basically like the expansive chat room of Mm -hmm. guide to the unknown yeah so uh uh, consider backing us even on the one dollar tier yeah uh if that's all you're interested in but you'll be in the sort of like You'll get access to the secret club, mm-hmm. is really what I'm saying. Definitely. Yeah. So it's all through patreon.com slash pod. Poke around. Have a good time. Let's talk about Jacob Marley. Let's do it. So um, 
I talked to you about this Jacob Marley behind us, the, yeah. the 70s Jacob Marley. Um, but I did watch, like, several other movies, basically. God. I mean, at a certain point, I just had to, like, fast forward. Yeah, yeah. And only jump to the ghosts right. of stuff. Let's talk about this Jacob Marley. <laughs> this Jacob Was Marley. Was Scrooge? Yeah, this is the Jacob Marley from Scrooge. Yeah. Now, Scrooge is an 80s you know, black comedy with Bill Murray, mm -hmm. who's not playing Ebenezer Scrooge. He's playing Frank Cross. Right. And his, uh, uh, Jacob Marley is actually his old business partner, partner, Lou Hayward. Mm -hmm. But it's all, it all amounts to the same thing. First ghost who was friends with our Scrooge character says you're going to be visited by three more. Yeah. And I was kind of interested because I'm not comfortable with Scrooge. <laughs> It makes me sick. Yeah, that's the best way I can put it. It's like, I'm not, I'm very uneasy about the movie <laughs> Makes Scrooge. me feel not well. I'm uncomfortable when it's on. Yep. But I can admire a few interesting things about it. Mm -hmm. There's a, it's, it's our American Christmas Carol, right? Like, uh, the Christmas Carol Scrooged that- is? Yeah. What do you mean? A Christmas Carol. Yeah. As you've been reading to us takes place in like victorian london right there, this transplants the, the story american version you think well i'm saying like it's not ebenezer scrooge it's frank cross right he's not you know a money lender or whatever screw ebenezer scrooge was in london yeah. he's a, a, a producer mm -hmm. he's like a slime ball producer which is actually only like it was like incredibly prescient yeah more so than they even realized yeah you know and like his his Jacob Marley, his former business partner, is a slime ball other producer who appears through his costuming to have retired to Florida or uh -huh. something. Like he's got like a baseball cap and sunglasses and a cardigan over a button down shirt and he's holding up a glass of scotch. Yeah. You know, like this is a very American version yes. of, of wealth. Yes. That's what I mean. It's like it's very American. Yeah. Not that we haven't staged a, the, a Christmas Carol in the U.S. effectively. No, I didn't think that. But I, I mean, I guess you're right. Like, is this like the premier American version of a Christmas Carol? I guess it is. Well, you might also point to Henry Winkler's. I don't think I knew about this. Uh, it is called An American Christmas Carol. Oh, well, <laughs> this really is, puts a button on it. This was a TV movie. From the 70s, where Henry Winkler, who I wrote as Henry Stinkler, <laughs> even though I like him. Just having a bit of fun. He plays Benedict Slade. Okay. Ebenezer Scrooge, Frank Cross, Benedict Slade. J they just sound slimy a yeah. little bit, you know? Benedict is very American as a name, right? Like, No. You don't think so? Like, if you're a Benedict Arnold? Benedict Cumberbatch? Oh. I think of it as a very British name, actually. Really? But I could be just wrong. I don't know. I, I yeah. guess I think about it as like a disgraced American, <laughs> you know, from, from years gone by or Maybe, whatever. Maybe, yeah. But so, yes, there, there was another uh, Christmas Carol in the U.S. called An American Christmas Carol <laughs> where Henry Winkler, who had to have only maybe been in his 30s, yeah. is playing like a 70-year-old man. Weird. Rick Baker, like legendary special effects artist Rick Baker did the facial prosthetics mm -hmm. for henry winkler it both looks really good and like 
garbage yeah. simultaneously. And Henry Winkler seems too young at the time to play old. Yeah. So he's like, his voice is really smooth. Coming, like, there's no, like, grit and gravel and blech. Yeah. He's just kind of like, well, take the piano then. We'll take the piano and we'll put it on the truck. Yeah, he's like, like the Fonz plus 10 years. Yeah, it's it's very weird. It doesn't work uh, very well. Mm -hmm. But so I think, ultimately, nobody remembers an American Christmas Carol, right. the TV movie. We do remember Scrooge. I guess you're right. I, mean, I guess I just assumed that there was some... Because I, I haven't paid a lot of attention to a Christmas Carol. I guess I just assumed that there was a more faithful, like classical adaptation that was an American thing, and I guess not. Well, I'm, I'm even advocating, like, it doesn't need to... I guess this is adapting it, obviously. It's doing the, like, beat for beat, it's doing a Christmas right. Carol. But, like, by saying, I'm not Ebenezer Scrooge, I'm Frank Cross. I have a different, you know, set of baggage to mm -hmm. me, even though it's basically the same. It's like, it does transplant it into the modern era. Yeah. You know? And I think Scrooge does that pretty well, even mm -hmm. though every time I've ever looked at it, I feel sick. Yeah, it gives me like an instant stomach. headache. Yeah. So Lou Hayward, uh, Bill Murray's former partner, like shows up drinking scotch. And I think Bill Murray shoots him. So when he drinks the scotch, it like falls out of holes in his tummy. Mm -hmm. Spoiler alert. I did not rewatch Scrooge yeah. for this. <laughs> I almost did, but I couldn't bring myself to. It's fair. But also there's a golf ball stuck in his body and a mouse like pushes it out because there's a mouse living inside him. He's all like dusty and crusty Herc. like an old mummy yeah and it just makes me want to puke not for me for uh for the fawns he has a former business partner as well who shows up looking fine it's latham his old partner okay. and latham <laughs> these are all some names i know well that you got to come up with all new names right. if you're not going to do ebenezer scrooge and jacob marley you got to come up with new ones so benedict slate is visited by latham and it's just like an old man shows up uh -huh. and like sits in a chair and they talk to each other for a little while. It's it's really... Oh, sounds good. It's a little lame, <laughs> if I'm being honest. But I, let's let's stick on American Christmas Carol for a minute, actually, because um, the, the premise there, it's kind of interesting to talk about the American versions because it's like they're deliberately saying, we're not Ebenezer Scrooge. Throw everything you knew about Scrooge out the window. Uh-huh. We're going to rebuild our own miser. Right. So for Henry Winkler, Benedict Slade is evidently some, some sort of like a money lender. Okay. And he's really excited because he can have uh, his little underling, Thatcher, mm -hmm. not Bob Cratchit, Thatcher. <sighs> These names. They would be sued. <laughs> For, like, copyright infringement if they hadn't called out, like, we're doing the American Christmas Carol. Thatcher. Cratchit. Thatcher. Would they? I, it's crazy. It's so it's so one-to-one. -one. Yeah. Anyway, the Fonz is pumped because they're going to hop in his, his, like, shitty box truck. Uh-huh. He's going to drive around to all the people who haven't paid back their loans. Mm. And he's going to repossess some of their stuff. So he goes to the, the home of, like, a humble farmer. And he, he ends up, like, the guy's like, I'm sorry, can we get, like, one more, you know, uh, uh, an extension? Mm -hmm. And he's like, another extension. What, so you can pick my pocket again? I don't <laughs> think so. We're going to go in and we're going to take your stuff. He takes a radio and a rocking chair and the furnace. So he's leaving this farmer in the cold yeah. on, on Christmas Eve. He's a bad guy. He goes to the um, He goes to the orphanage where he himself lived as a child. And he looks in and you think he's having, like, fond 
or like some recollection of his past. Because you know, for Scrooge, a lot of it is being haunted by your childhood, right? To some extent. Like he looks in, and it's a bunch of orphans sitting around, and one kid is like playing a piano, and a few kids are smiling, and he's like looking. And you think like he's thinking about his past. He repossesses the piano, <laughs> so he takes the piano, and he leaves them without music. Then he goes to a book owner guy, and the book owner guy has a first edition of A Christmas Carol, uh-huh. and Scrooge takes it, and he says these books are, or you know, Benedict Slade takes yeah. it, yeah, not Scrooge. It's not Scrooge. Of course, of course not. It's Benedict Slade, played by the Fonz. Right. He takes the book, and he's like, well, these books are, the paper's worthless, (laughs) but if we rip the leather covers off, we might get something out of that. Guys, this sounds okay to me. It was so comically terrible. Yes, it was kind of- He's like absolutely over the top. He took the piano from the orphanage kids, where he lived. Right. It, It was kind of interesting. And then the next kind of interesting choice is that the three ghosts he's visited, visited by are those three people again. So he's visited by the book guy. Mm-hmm. He's the ghost of Christmas past. I'm a little bummed because you don't get like an interesting ghost, you know, right. design. It's but just, is that guy a ghost? Like, what's the deal? It's like a vision. Uh-huh. He's not visited by a ghost in this as he's so much as he's visited by like a vision of people he's wronged, I guess, but that so- day. Are those people that he's wronged just normal people in the world, or are they plants from the other realm? You know or is I mean? it his conscience? You know, like is it is it a, an extension? This is all just of his in his conscience? head. He's, all, yeah, he's just know. going mad. Maybe yeah. I don't know. But so it's it's not as fun because you don't get to see like a fun ghost design. Right. It's just those three guys again. It's almost like Wizard of Oz. Uh huh. The farm hands on the Gale farm become the Tin Woodsman and the Scarecrow yeah. and stuff. It's kind of interesting in that regard. With one. Bizarre exception. Yeah. So he's visited by old white man who owned a bookstore because he had stolen books from that guy. Right. Then he's visited by old white man who runs the orphanage Mm -hmm. because he stole the piano from that man's orphanage. Then he is visited by the farmer, a like, uh, like, like 30 something black farmer. Mm -hmm. When he is visited by the ghost of Christmas future, the radio he stole from the farmer starts playing disco music. Okay. And the farmer steps forward, but now he's wearing a black suit, a white undershirt, unbuttoned midway down his chest, and gold chains. So they've taken the poor black farmer and turned him into, like, cool disco guy from the future? What's their rationale for that in movie? Like, what's going on? He's an emissary from the future. (laughs) That's crazy. He doesn't take uh, Benedict Slade into the 70s. Right. But it feels pretty telling uh-huh. that the one black character is turned into like a 70s yeah, cool like a disco hip, guy yeah. with gold chains. <laughs> pretty subtle stuff, Henry Winkler. <laughs> Look, at least he gets to be cool and dancing. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Anyway, uh, the, the Fonz will it's give them back their, their <laughs> better stuff. Better than perhaps it might be sometimes. It's just pretty. It's still not great. <laughs> no, it was like a little... Uh, I'm just glad to hear he's having a good time. A little not shocking, right? you right. might say. But let's talk about uh, uh, the, the the most awesome Marley. The Marley in the room mm-hmm. that we're not acknowledging mm. here is, of course, Jacob Marley of from course. The Muppet Christmas Carol. I've got a gif of the door knocker moment where uh, the face of Statler or Waldorf... I'm not, yeah, sure not sure which is which of these old men. Yeah. But they've turned Jacob Marley into two characters. Right. Jacob and Robert Marley. Yeah. Which is a Bob Marley joke because the Muppets are from the 70s. <laughs> Wait. It is. <laughs> Factually? I think so. 
the Muppets were always like bizarrely like reverential to Bob Marley. I don't know to any any sort of like counterculture. Perhaps you're. I don't know. Well, Jacob and Robert Marley. I think I don't they know. Had I think it's Marley, just a so name. they went with Bob Marley. I think, but I don't know. I don't, well, let's put a poll out I, there. I, I, Is I gotta it a agree reference? To, to disagree. I, I think it's a reference. I think it's just a name. Were the Muppets referencing Bob Marley? I feel like there'd yes be no. some sort of joke indicating as much. It's just for the adults to go like. Oh, that's kind of amusing. And maybe think about it later. Perhaps. Right? Uh, no. No, not perhaps. I don't think so at all. I think I'm right. Okay. Um, well, keep it moving, Tuts. Fine. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> these are the greatest uh, Bob Marley's. What? <laughs> the, the, the greatest Jacob Marley's, I think. I love how they've done something silly and had the the like two old men puppets. Yeah. Who are in the rafters making fun of everybody turn into two ghosts. Yeah. Make this go away, will you? And especially because they were like they were like The GIF is just continually playing you're in right. the corner of my eye. But especially because like they were clearly I, I guess maybe supposed to be like old wealth. Like mm -hmm. Waldorf and Statler were named after two yeah. like very like rich, ritzy hotels in mm -hmm. New York. But so, like, they work perfectly as Scrooge's old partners I for know. the wealth reason. It's like they were built for it. But also, when do these guys ever get a song in anything? <laughs> no, it's their time to shine. And yet they've got the chains. They have the lockboxes as well. Yeah. And, like, I, I have tremendous nostalgia for this movie in general, but specifically for this song. Yeah. Where, like, they, they laugh at everything that they did that was horrible, right? So, like, at one point they go, like, there was that year we evicted the entire orphanage. <laughs> And they're like, all those kids turn into, their, their teddy bears turned into popsicles. No. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They shiver at the end no, of that laughter. No, it's scary. And it's as if in that moment, they were punished for enjoying the misery that they had wrought. Yeah. Or something. Or like there's a hollowness in them. They yep. themselves suffer. Yeah. For the horrible things that they did. So it's like the movie gives us a fun joke mm -hmm. and them laughing with their Muppet laugh. But then it hits you, and you almost don't think about it, but I, I always took that as, like, a really weird... Yeah, they're they're kind of, like, shivering at the horrible things that they have done. They're like, oh, they're God, suffering. what did I do? They're suffering. Yeah. And then by the end of the song, the chains have grown in mass and mm -hmm. start choking them and yeah. pulling them back away from Scrooge. And, like, I, I don't know. I, I always thought that this was, like, incredibly effective. Yeah. And a lot deeper than you would ever expect. Because, mm -hmm. like, they had to invent new stuff for that song, right? right? They couldn't pull from, like, literally the material from the novella. Yeah. It, but it's, like, incredibly effective. Yeah. I think. Oh, totally. Um. All right. And there's one other uh, Scrooge thing I watched. Yeah. I watched something recommended to me by uh, Bethany Watson. Mm -hmm. Friend of the show. Yes. From Acquired Taste. The check-in. Uh, if you if you don't know, you should know. Yeah. Bethany suggested that I watch the Hallmark movie, Boyfriends of Christmas Past. Okay, I've heard of this. I haven't seen this, though. Allie and I watched it. The whole thing. Uh-huh. We saw it. There <laughs> is a character. She is... She's having a hard time... She's got a boyfriend who she has friend-zoned. Okay. <laughs> and uh, she has to learn that she loves him by the end of this. <laughs> what? P.S. Isn't it okay? Like, maybe she just doesn't love him? Yeah. I'm not sure. But she's going to be visited by her past boyfriends who are going to teach her to, I don't know. To it sounds like a nightmare. really see this guy, Nate. But here's what's crazy about it. Her Jacob Marley 
is her first boyfriend she ever had. Mm-hmm. So she, like powerful businesswoman these days, is visited by a teenage boy with a skateboard. <laughs> and so it's both like kind of like funny because it's like, well, we were kids. Right. But then he's like, hey, how you doing? Oh, you look pretty good. Like it's like it's like a teenager. Right. And then I'm like, is, did he die? Exactly. Is this boy dead? Yeah. <laughs> and he died shortly after. Because if she's visited it... by all the ghosts of the men she's dated, I think that we've got a black widow situation. Absolutely. It seems like she's a serial killer. Yes. Or is it like you were talking about in the Henry Winkler one where it's just sort of like the spirit of these people somehow? It's definitively stated it's that. <laughs> I like to think that everyone that she has dated is dead <laughs> and died as children. I prefer that. That's, that's only the headcanon that that's what I, I'm into. That's what I greatly prefer. But she does say later, like, I looked him up on Facebook and he, he grew up and he got married and blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Less interesting. Of course. Less interesting. Of course. It'd be a way better movie if he's, that's what was going on. He's dead. <laughs> he's dead. He's dead. He's been dead the whole time. Yes. Um, <laughs> all right. So let's let's quickly... Uh, uh, oh, there was one other interesting thing from that edition. We're going to move past Jacob Marley. I'm just okay. going to touch on some of the other ghosts. Sure. Um, ghosts 2, 3, and 4 in Boyfriends of Christmas Past are a mush. They're all the same thing. They're just yeah. boys that she dated. One liked to go, you know, like uh, uh, zip lining. Uh-huh. Whatever. But one, and this was interesting, he's like, they're they're revisiting a past moment where she was with him and he was like, I would love if you would like come home with me and like meet my mom for Christmas. Like we can celebrate Christmas together. Mm-hmm. And then the ghost version of the guy goes, hmm, guess I shouldn't have said that, huh? And he says it to her like he's sort of like really sticking it to her. Like, yeah. We both know that that was the wrong thing to say, wasn't it? Yeah. And so I was interested. I was like, I like leaned in a little bit. I was like, <laughs> what's it going to be about family or or, or something? Because it was like, it was really like, sort of like a sly, like, that's the moment that I blew it. And it was a small thing that most people wouldn't really have thought would have yeah, been Yeah, but the... I guess like you're commitment phobic. Yes. So I should have known better than to like try to integrate you into my family. I provoked your one thing. <laughs> right. Right? It's yeah, not, I broke your one rule. I broke your one rule. Yeah. It wasn't quite that. It was like way less interesting. She just, I she would just love can't to be a commit. fly on the wall watching you watch this. And if you were as I was um, notes. demonstrative as you're, and everybody does this, as you're saying where you're like, I leaned in, I look forward. If there was just like a silly Hallmark movie playing, but I saw you like, hmm. uh, I'm listening. <laughs> yeah. Methinks I'm picking up on something here. How delightful. Ah, a wry bit of foreshadowing, Alexandra. You drop your pen. Huh? Interesting. I'm chewing, <laughs> chewing on my pencil on the eraser. Yeah. I um I've been watching so many Hall- Hallmark movies. Yeah, I have a subscription to the Hallmark thing now. Allie and I have watched like four or five Hallmark movies in the last few days. You don't have to. Hallmark is on Peacock now. I'm ruined. <laughs> <laughs> cancel that too sweet it's gonna be a lean christmas in the rogers household this year i don't think they have their lean lean. i don't think they have their entire catalog actually so well you know i'm a completionist (laughs) that's true that's true it was it was two bucks for two months no i know i i used to have a subscription Of course you did. I thought it was going to be like, you know, some sort of like a, a huge embarrassment that I just admitted that. But of course you have. Because <laughs> I like watching the movies. It'll be like the crossword puzzle mysteries. Like the mystery movies. We I mean. watched Murder, She Baked. Oh my God, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Murder, She Baked, a plum pudding mystery. Yes. 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 Starring Allison Sweeney. Yes. Yes. We watched that. Okay. We got to talk about this. Okay. 
I think I smell a bonus. They're fun. I smell a bonus episode. They're fun, right? They're so silly. I'll say no more. <laughs> I'll say no more. I got to blast through some ghosts real quick because I'm getting the, I know you got one eye on the clock. All right. Ghosts 2, 3, and 4 in most of these adaptations are a little bit samey samey. Mm-hmm. Uh, spoiler alert, that's really why I wanted to focus on Jacob Marley. Yeah. They're interesting interpretations of him. Yeah. Other than him, it really is like a lot of these adaptations have the Ghost of Christmas Past just be sort of like a person. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a Jim Carrey CGI one made by Bob Zemeckis where right. it, she looks literally like a candle and her head is a flame. Oh, I didn't know that. And Jim Carrey plays all of them. Every yeah. ghost in the movie. It's very uncomfortable to watch. Um, but we talked about the Muppet one that looks like an egg in water. But a lot of the times it's just kind of like a guy. In one Patrick Stewart version. Um, oh, yeah. I think he also played all of the ghosts. <laughs> Wait, I'm getting that wrong. Maybe this is like an old tradition from the theater or something. Mm, maybe. I'm not I'm not sure. I guess it couldn't be in the theater. But I guess it's a thing, maybe, having maybe. the actor play all the parts. The ghost of Christmas present often, to me, looks like Captain Kirk. Mm-hmm. He's like usually like kind of like sitting back, like he's in like the captain's chair, and he's got his shirt sort of open, show, showing some like taco meat. <laughs> well, because he's like enjoying himself. He's like sitting. I again, I didn't read it because it's like not really spooky. But yeah. like there's a description of all the like glistening hams around him, and like this bounty. He is, and I thought this was kind of interesting. I don't have enough time to really drill into this this time, but like. Our dad, we never really talked about this, he used to collect Santa Clauses. Yeah. Santa Claus statues. Mm-hmm. But they were often like, I, what I, when I was younger, would have described as like weird Santas. Yeah. Where it's like this one's wearing like a, a yellow robe and there's a green robe. Our Santa wears red. But I've also heard that's a yeah. Coca-Cola thing. Oh, I didn't that know Coca-Cola that. Coca-Cola made him wear red and white. Oh, okay. That's why I'm wearing black and I white. I mean, I'm taking you know. back, taking back Santa. <laughs> it's a good edit. Santa. Thank you. It's a good look. But um, uh, the Ghost of Christmas Present usually looks like one of Dad's other statues that yeah. he collected. Mm-hmm. And so I looked into it a little bit. It's Father Christmas instead of Santa. D- yeah, they're different. Over time, it merged for most people. Father Christmas is Santa, mm-hmm. but Father Christmas was the embodiment of like. Um, basically like, like constantly drinking and constantly <laughs> like a hedonism. Eating. Yeah. Yeah. He was a bit of a hedonist. Yeah. Yes. A cornucopia of plenty. Yes. He would carry with him. And I thought that that was kind of, kind of interesting. Yeah, totally. Um, uh, the, the ghost of Christmas past in Scrooged is played by Buster Poindexter. Okay. Um, you might recognize this guy. He's chomping on a cigar and he's got. Kristen had to look away. I, I literally, I pulled it up on our monitor on the set. This is she the had most disgusting away. part of the movie. And where he's like, where you going to, Mac? <laughs> he's like laughing at him and speeding down the street. Gross. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. Ghost 1, whatever. Let's focus <laughs> on Ghost 3. Ghost sure. 3 is always the most interesting. In Scrooged, it's a, a very cool, like... No, this is awesome. It almost looks like uh, the bunny suit from Donnie Darko. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, in a black hood. Yep. But because Bill Murray is a TV executive in this story, in the gift that I got playing behind us, it's a bank of monitors all displaying the same thing. Yeah. But then, in one of the monitors, this scary, grim, reapery skeleton face starts coming closer and closer and closer until all the monitors are full of him. Mm-hmm. It's super cool. And it's such a simple effect because they all look like they should be displaying the same thing, but then right. he ends up being on all of them as a single image. Yeah. It's like a very clever 
clever and also very 80s and just kind of like fun to look at yeah you're absolutely right it's very fun to look at and he's got like a tv face or something like that yeah oh Um, yeah that's right Mm -hmm. yeah he's able to they're in like an elevator or something right and he like exposes his tv face yeah and he also like pulls open his robe and there are a bunch of disgusting land of confusion type puppets inside Mm -hmm. of him and it makes wet you puppets. Wet pup. If you know anything, if you've been around long enough, you know. You know that we, we don't do like not. wet puppetry. We don't like wet puppetry. Mm-mm. We won't stand for it. We won't have it. No. Um. I don't know. I guess there's more that I could say, but we've said about everything there is to say. We've said enough. Is there anything that you wish that you had said? That's a great question. Yeah. You no, know, I don't want you something. to walk away unsatisfied. Here's something. From the from the Fonz's American Christmas Carol. This has nothing to do with the ghosts. Yeah. So this is we're done with the ghosts. The ghosts are kind of interesting. Uh huh. Usually, people interpret them similar to each other. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be against it looking at even weirder adaptations in the future because, like we've said, there have been a thousand of them. So mm-hmm. like next year we could look at more. We'll never run yeah. out. You right. Know? Great. But to wrap up an American Christmas Carol with the Fonz. He, when he becomes happy, good man, <laughs> we did like a nice guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Gotcha. He becomes a character known as Happy Goodman. <laughs> I can't tell in this movie. <laughs> I know. I know. But Benedict Slade. I pause because for all I know, they <laughs> no, say happy, something like that. He's Happy Goodman. Now. Yeah. Benedict Slade is now like, well, there's still time. Of course, I love Christmas now. Yeah. I'll buy back my reputation, make everybody like me. Right. History will remember me favorably, even though I've horrifically abused everyone for eighty years. Yes. He goes to visit, visit Thatcher, his mm-hmm. Bob Cratchit. Thatcher has a Tiny Tim kind of son. Yeah. You know. And it's very, everything is weird. Everything is, everything is wrong. Scrooge, Benedict Slade, comes in carrying a burlap sack. Mm-hmm. And he goes, tell me now. Uh, tell me, darling. He's like talking to Thatcher's wife. I'm yeah. Like, I don't want darling. you talking. I don't want you, I don't want you, you, you were my boss. I don't want you talking to my family though, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. you, don't, you don't just get to talk to everybody in my life. No, you gotta get out of here. You gotta leave now. But it's like, tell me, darling, how, how big is the chicken that you were gonna make for dinner? She goes, five pounds. She goes, five pounds. Well, that won't do. That, that simply won't do. Well, I've got a better idea. And he opens his burlap sack and there's a horrifically recently slaughtered plucked. Oh my God. Turkey. It's like, legs are bound i know that this is how it happens no i understand but also this is supposed to be like i didn't mention this before but this is like depression era this is a depression era turkey oh and he like slams it onto the table he's like you're gonna have to cook this bird now it should take about four or five hours you better get started it's like you just gave her a ton of work you horse's ass (laughs) that's a christmas curse so she has to like pluck this turkey and well no no it's pre-plucked, so it looks like a nude, oh, okay, a nude skin tone corpse. Yeah, it's hor- You clean that table. The kids were sitting there, by the way. The kids were like eating breakfast. Oh my god, this is terrible. That's the opposite of a present. Horrible. <laughs> but so she walks up because she's so appreciative. Well, I'll hold this. He then turns to to Tiny Tim character, who I think has like polio mm-hmm. in this version. He goes, and uh, and you there? Do you have a? Do you have any interest in? Uh, how do you usually get to school? He's doing a lot of this, like yeah. lip-smacking old man joke. <laughs> yeah, because he's like 30, and he's trying to do anything he can to appear older, it sounds That's like. not work. Yeah. But he goes like, um, I usually have to walk. Uh, have you ever taken to riding by the rail? Would you like to ride by rail? And he goes, I, I guess. So I don't he know. gives him a train ticket? This. Yes. He goes, here's a ticket from wherever we are now 
to like Louisville mm-hmm. and then from Louisville to like Reno. <laughs> I don't think Reno was around <laughs> whatever he's gonna go to Reno. And then he was another ticket to San Francisco. And he goes, and then uh, have you ever considered traveling by boat? He gives him from there. He's turning these people's lives upside down. He gives Tiny Tim from San Francisco a boat ticket to S- Australia. What? And he goes, and there, there will be a clinic that I think when you come back, you will be a very happy strapping boy. So he's, One ticket? He's providing him with the means to cure his polio. But it's being explained through the most <laughs> like confusing, like, how many transfers do I have? And I'm just a child. He's a little kid. He's a little kid. And then he even says to Thatcher and Thatcher's wife, he's like... When when he comes home, you won't even recognize him. And I'm like, he's going alone? He goes, he'll have to have a nurse. This is crazy. It's it's crazy. But so Tiny Tim's going to be gone for like a year. He's a little kid in ill health traveling by multiple trains and boats to With Australia. With a stranger by, nurse. Yeah. Without his family. So anyway. This guy is just gifting them problems. He is. I couldn't agree more. But... Uh, Thatcher's wife seems to be into it. All right. She walks well, over. Glad. Different strokes. And gives him a kiss. On the lips! It's a completely foreign world to It was me. a different time. Yeah. Whether we're talking about the 70s or the 30s, I'm not sure anymore. <laughs> right, right. But it was a different time. I'm looking at Henry Winkler's, you know, prime of life, yet also octogenarian, <laughs> yeah. terrifying, pale lips. Oh, this is very strange. It's quite a sight to behold. <laughs> I really, I really. You're want... forever changed. I am. Just like Scrooge. I will never You're going to be, be living same. your life differently. You're going to be carrying this in your heart for all days more. But yeah, the doctor says that I have 15 murmurs. Yeah. <laughs> I had my heart checked between yesterday and today. <laughs> for A murmur for every adaptation of A Christmas Carol that you watch. That's true, but I did it all for you. That's right. The sacrifice. Yes. Well, thank you so much for listening. We really, really hope you enjoyed it. This exhaustive look at A Christmas Carol. I can't believe how much of this I watched. There's <laughs> even more. Like There's a like lot. a guy. Pier- oh, I watched a horror themed one that, mm-hmm. that claimed to be the scariest one of all. It was terrible. Oh. It, it was shot like it was shot like Ghost Adventures. Yeah, yeah. There's like oh. quick cuts to like. Like a, a, it like immediately negates any scariness because just you can only think like oh it's this kind of thing. I know. <laughs> I, I wanted it. To, yeah, it, it looked. Yeah. Quick cuts and like the person was sort of translucent. That's it. Every <laughs> ghost looked the same. Whatever. Eh. But there's a, there's like an R-rated Guy Pierce one. Right. Like there's like we'll be back next year. Uh, I want to see more of these next year. God. Like, All right. You don't think you'll be ready 365 days from now? No, I don't like A Christmas Carol. Look at this guy. Uh, yeah, I, like I'm Iggy good. Pop. I'm getting everything I need out of this guy by looking at this picture. Yeah. I'm good. Are you sure? And he only shows up in the movies slash whatever for like five minutes, if that. <laughs> what about when his mouth hangs open and his <laughs> tongue is lolling out? Again, the picture is all I need. All right. Well, there you go. You've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't know if I can do this next year. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. I'll ask. Uh, I know. <laughs> um, so. You know I will. 
<laughs> so we hope you enjoyed this. Um, as we said before, you can go to patreon.com slash Pod if you'd like to help support the show. We'd love to have you there and we'd love to have you in our Discord. You can also go to gttupod.com, our website, where you can find links to past shows, information about us, about advertising, um, our merch store, our Facebook group, all kinds of great stuff. And you can also go to themythtraveler.com to see what Lil Willie's up to. Ah, yeah, nothing this week. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's still a ton uh, of stuff. Boy, to... is there a ton of stuff up there. Right. Stories. Uh, uh, I want to record audio versions of some of the stories that are up there. So That's maybe awesome. I'll, uh, I'll, 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 I'll act those out. Yeah. And, like uh, as if I'm reading The Bard. Beautiful. I'll put those out for people for a Christmas gift. Fun. Yeah. yeah. I shouldn't have put a time <laughs> on that. Don't, <laughs> don't expect it. Yeah. But uh, always, always more. Always more stories in the work. Go check it out. Yep. Um, we can also follow us online. Mm-hmm. I'm at Chillin' Kristen. I'm at The Myth Traveler. The show is at GTTU Pod. Uh, join Get in the Mix. The YouTube channel is youtube.com slash GTTU Pod. Uh, smush the like button, the Please. subscribe. Ring the bell to be notified when we go live and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, last lingering bit of business. Um, it was so subtle. You may not have picked up on it, but halfway through the show, I started typing something. It was a poll <laughs> for the live it viewers. Was, when I said, all right, get back to it or whatever, it wasn't just me being mean. It was because Will's typing. <laughs> I was typing about that Bob Marley question. Yeah. I wrote, was a Muppet Christmas Carol referencing <laughs> Bob Marley by naming the other Marley, Robert Marley. Right. The results are in. Yeah. I technically won. Te- yes, it, it's 55% of people say yes. Which means a whopping 45% of people think it's not a reference to Bob Marley. <laughs> but I'll take that 5%. I technically win. You know what? Why not? I seed. But I, I would still like to see if anybody has any any thoughts on that sentiment. I think we need to just Google, like, Muppet Christmas Carol Bob Marley. I've never heard such a thing. It can't be done. <laughs> Why isn't he Charles Marley? You know what I mean? Like somebody, no, it had to have come he up. Could be. This is the same guy. I just realized this is the same goddamn debate as when we talk about that man who's in oh, Adam's Nathan Family Lane. Values. Yeah, Nathan yeah, yeah. Lane. Is yeah. it a cameo or is it a role? This is the same debate. I can't even get into this it. This is the same debate. We're locked in a death spiral. Let's say it's not really. It's only just because we're both standing our ground. Nothing else about it is the same, is it? Yeah, in whatever, <laughs> in the sense that it's like, who cares? Oh, yeah, yeah. Who cares? Definitely. It's so in the weeds and we may never know. So what's the point in right. even talking about yeah, it at all? Right, yeah. That's sort of what I mean. It's pointless. No, you're right. Pointless, stubborn siblings. All right, everybody. Have a great rest of your week. We'll see yep. you next time for more. Uh, we'll see you on the Patreon show mm-hmm. if you signed up or if you've already been there. Yep. Uh, but until that time comes, we must travel. Back to the netherworld, go we. Back to the cobblestone streets of wherever it is that they live in this. Murder in America is a true crime podcast that covers stories from all 50 states, including stories of mass shootings, serial killers, and lesser known murders. Do you find yourself doing more research after listening to a true crime show? Well, Courtney and I used to do the same thing, and that's why we created Murder in America. Our podcast dives deep into each case. Our storytelling will make you feel like you're right there within the case with us, watching it all play out. And we do not shy away from the graphic details. If you're a fan of true crime, then listen to Murder in America on Spotify now.